Welcome to The Light Show at Victory Church Grand Prairie. We pray these testimonies build your faith, strengthen your heart, and help magnify the presence of God who is with you right now through faith in Jesus Christ, His Son. The Light Show is also available to watch on YouTube. Just search for Victory Church Grand Prairie. You can also join us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok for regular encouragement in your walk with the Lord. And now, let there be light. For those of you who are maybe new to the church or don't know what we're doing, the first Sunday of every month, we pause and we do what we call the light show. We are celebrating what God has done. We are living in the light. We're telling the testimony, telling the God stories. And this morning, I want you to welcome Zechariah and Danessa. Come on in, guys, have a seat. This testimony, we got to talk a little bit earlier about this and their stories. Um, Zach and Danessa, you see them around the church all the time. Zach's on um, ushering and serving all over the place. Danessa's on prayer ministry, and we just see them in various places around the church. Most of the time, we have no idea how people got here or what their story is, and their God story is mind-blowing. So one of the things that I love about the Word of God, my belief is that the promises and principles of God that we stand on in North America should apply everywhere in the world. They, they, you know, the same God that provides here provides there. The same God that makes a way here makes a way there. The same God who can do miracles here does miracles there. And there's this disconnect sometimes in us knowing like, does it, does it actually work though? Like what happens when you're going through extreme hardships? What happens when you're going through walking into the utter unknown? What happens when you're stepping off the ledge into you know, a world that you have never experienced before. And Zach and Danessa are literally people who have walked it out. So I'm going to have you guys just introduce yourselves a little bit. Where you're at now, you're here, you got kids, you're... Can I open in prayer? You can open in prayer. Sure, let's pray. Father, of our Lord Jesus Christ, we come to you, Lord God, and we thank you for this time and opportunity that you have given to us, Lord God. We thank you, Holy yeah. Spirit, for your power. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you will enlighten our eyes to to understand, Lord Jesus, the things um, that you have us to say today, Lord God. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for, for just who you are to us. You're faithful. And Lord, we're here to give you all the glory. And Lord, you said in your word that they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Here we are, Lord God, to share your living testimony to your people for your glory. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you will give us your spirit, Lord Jesus, the greatness of your mighty spirit, the greatness of your mighty power, Lord Jesus, to establish what you have done in heaven. Let it be done on earth today, in Jesus' name. Thank you. Amen. 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 Thank you, God. Great start. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Jesus is my everything. And... Where I'm at with the Lord right now is that I'm very passionate about Him. I'm very expressive about Him. I'm very intentional about Him. Like, it's so awkward for me to have a conversation and Jesus is not in it. It's like, it's not live. And so I am so passionate about um, my life as a believer unto Jesus Christ. I'm really expressive. When you see me worship, it's unto my God. And so intentional. Today, yeah. um, not today, but this month marks 12 years of me giving my life to Jesus intentionally. Like I have to daily, like when I say intentionally, I have to daily commit my life to Jesus Christ, like on a daily intent. Like 
Christianity is not like every month. It is daily. Yeah. And the, the, the year that we're going into, it's not even going to be daily. It's going to be like hourly. Every second, you have to intentionally give your life to Jesus. And yeah. so because he has done everything for me, I want to give him everything. So that's where I'm at. My, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Thank you, God. So not uh, lukewarm in any way. I'm... <laughs> Okay, Zach, tell us about you. He's the quiet one, yes. but a deep well of stuff. Yeah. Check, check. You are on. Can anybody hear me? Okay. Praise God. God is real good. So good. I just want to share with you that my name is Zakaria Nyareza. And my work with Jesus since I was born. And... I got baptized. I've been with Jesus for the rest of my life. Man. 16 years now, when I get baptized. Yeah. And yeah. That's all stop there for now. We <laughs> we're gonna, think, yeah, we're gonna dig into the whole yeah, we thing. Have two, one hour for me and one hour yes. for my wife? something or? like that. <laughs> oh, okay. No. Somebody should order pizza if we just need to keep going. I mean, honestly, when we started talking about this before, it was like, there, how are we going to do this in an hour? Because you guys are walking testimonies of miracles. Like, it's, it's the very thing that we need to hear. And I think um, coming into a new year, like, Danessa, you said, like, it's going to be the hourly commitment to God. But there's so many unknowns. And people are so afraid. And if you watch the news right now, it's like, what are we going to do? And what if the government does this? And what if we can't have access to this? And, you know, you guys have lived, you've lived a life of utter faith. And so to hear the testimonies, to hear the miracles, what God has done for one, God can do for another. What, yes. what God has done before, he will do again. He's faithful and he's consistent. So we're going to kind of just walk through this. Now, I want to, we're going to run just a little visual because not everybody knows where everything is in the world. But um, Zach is from Sudan, South Sudan, and Danessa is from Jamaica. And so they are a blended cultural family as well um, from very different parts of the world. Ended up in Osoyoos, BC, yes. met and married there, and then came to Grand Prairie. So really long curve. So can we just run the, what that looks like so we can... Uh, okay, here's us now. Oh, that's where you come from, South Sudan. And from South Sudan, you went as a refugee to Kenya. Yes. Um, where you were for five years. And this story we're going to tell today is amazing. Over to a Soyuz Canada on a total God thing. Yes. Where he meets his wife and ends up coming back to here. Yes. Which is incredible. <laughs> um, long trip here. This is Danessa. Danessa grew up in Jamaica. Um, ended up living her adult life in Kingston. Coming from Kingston, she was expecting to go to the east coast of Canada, and we do know the geography is different. She ended up in a Soyuz as well. Yes. Met a good man. Yes. Married him. Came to Grand Prairie, and so here's their windy tour here, and it's phenomenal. So you're going to hear in their story today, um, Zach and Dunessa are very opposed to us solving our own problems and us having to figure everything out, but trusting God with all things. Yeah. And this comes from a really incredible place. Um, 
one of you had said, and I, I wasn't sure which one, but one of you had said, God is enough. I think it was you, Danessa. If you're trying to help him, he will stand off. But if you let him, he will move. And you have lived this, the he will move thing. Um, this is your journey. Both of you, you've experienced that when you, when you try and just make a solution yourself, it does not work. When you trust God, you're, you give him your yes. Um, Danessa's story, we're going to get into in a minute. Yours reminds me of Moses, or not uh, Moses, Abraham. When Abraham was told by God, get up and leave your family and go to a place that you don't know. And you, were, you came on this obedience journey. Zex came through um, quite a bit of turmoil. And for anybody, we don't want to get into too much of the um, geopolitical stuff, but I did a bunch of research this week on Sudan and South Sudan and the war in Sudan. And for any of us that don't know, it's worth doing a little bit of study. Um, there has been civil war there basically on and off for decades. Um, and you were born right into the middle of it. Um, some of us remember in the 90s, there was uh, documentaries and a lot of news stories about the lost boys of the Sudan. And they had ended up in uh, Kenya in refugee camps and some came to the US. And so that's the bits of the story that we know. But essentially just my understanding of it is this, we kind of have this uh, crossover from the end of World War II, um, the end of colonialism and the, the shifting political situation there and Sudan was two nations brought together as one, separated back into two nations. But essentially, the biggest push, as, as I understand it, um, was between Islam and Christianity. The north end of Sudan is very um, Muslim, and aggressively so. And so when the nation came together as one, this was supposed to be the new nation, um, there was enforced Sharia law which then there was a people's army that rose up in response, which you would think would be good, but neither side ended up being very good. Both were violent and aggressive and painful. And so um, there ended up being many phases of civil war, but the biggest one was kind of the, a 20-year period in between 1983 and then actually going on into 2005 before there was any measure of rest, and then it's been pretty nasty since. So you were born right into that. Tell us a little bit about the situation, which you remember your earliest memories of childhood. Okay, let's start. <laughs> <laughs> it's on. <laughs> yeah. No, Pastor Sharad, you share already more of it. I was born in Sudan when I was seven years old. And I went with my brother, we went to a river to, to shower. When we're in the river to shower, and I hear a sound I never had in my life. When I hear that, and my brother say, let's run. We run, get home. I see my dad, my mom, all my brother, they're around. I can just see from their face, it's just there's something wrong. And when we, when my dad and my mom, they're sitting there, they say, you know what? The fight starts. And since that time, I see all kind of equipment that I never see before. Mm -hmm. I see soldiers marching, and they start marching, going to, to the other side to go and fight. And since that time, was really kind of, it's not kind of, it's real hard. Mm -hmm. But in all that, 
is God. Yes. Man. God is in the middle of it. And can I get a napkin just because when I... Clean it? Yes, if we have that. You know, when that happened, my dad, they have to... Thank you. My dad, we have to dig a hole, like digging a basement, and we have to put a put a wood on top of it and get the branch, put it on top of it, and now you take a banana leaf, you put on top of it, and put the soil on top. And that's where we're going to be living now. And so, when, yeah, so if for people that don't know, the land is relatively flat, right? Yes. And the bombs are going off all around. So this is bomb shelters. Yes. It's a hole in the ground with branches on top of it, and you live... In caves yes. underground. Yes. We lived there like for six months. And my dad told me, you know, told us, say, you know what, we cannot live here. We have to get out. And at 10 o'clock, we have to leave. We pack some stuff, pots to leave. We start leaving. That time, there's no light. We don't have light or flashlight, nothing. We start crossing. And somebody trip. It's by mistake, and they have pot on their head, that pot fall down. When the pot fall down, the army hear that, uh, they think that it's, yes, the rebel is coming to attack. And when they hear that, they start shooting twice us. And there's like, there's other family join us too, or like 30 people. And Escaping in the middle yes, of the night. In the middle of the night, no flashlight, nothing. And my dad said, just lay down. Everybody lay down. I remember laying down on the ground. And I, can, I put my head a little bit. I can see a light, a bullet going through. Mango tree on the ground. You can hear the bullet is going like when it's raining, and for like half hour. And after that, they stop, our dad touch, like he will touch. And now I have to touch my other brother, touch, like we touch each other, everybody get up. And everything when we say it's not like we have to shout, we have to like say it's low way nobody can hear it. And now when he's, he did that, when we get up, everybody, nobody get a single cut from the bullet. That's when, when I see that, when I think of that right now, I know it's God. Yeah. It's so 30 God. people in the jungle, middle of the night, yes. machine gun fire from both sides. Yes. Nobody gets hurt. Nobody gets hurt. Even a little bit of just cut, nothing. So complete miracle. Yes. And I love how you say that. Like, so you were like seven years old yes. in that zone, and you remember thinking God's real because of that moment. Yes. But he didn't just take you out of it. He took no. you through it. Yes. So you're laying in the jungle. You move as soon as you can. And then what? You, you still have to stay in hiding. After that, we leave. 
go to the bush, we stay in the bush. When we stay there, we're eating wild stuff. I don't know even, it's kind of like potatoes, but it's really, it's really bitter. You have to cut it, boil it, put it in the water, leave it there like for two days for the, all the, the... Because if you just eat it like that, right away you're going to vomit or even can kill you. You have to leave it there for a little bit, for like two days. After that, you go and take it, you test it. It's not me, but my mom there doing that. And after that, he'll bring it for us. That's the food we can eat. And when I think of that, I think about, about the children of Israel when they're crossing. Yeah. Yeah. When they don't when they don't have anything to eat. But God provide manna for them to eat. Yeah. And through the fight we have to live there. And after that, our dad said, you know what? We cannot live like that. And the rebel will start following, like you start catching. If you are young, if you are strong, they will catch you to join the army. And our dad look at it. If he leave us there, they're going to take us. We'll be dead. He will not see us. Say, you know what? We, you, you guys have to leave. And that's when our journey start with no dad. So you and your two brothers, correct? No, there's there's six of us. Six total. Yes. And without parents, yes. you have to go. We have to go. And we start leaving. Going through jungle. Through jungle. We don't know where we're going. But God make a way. Amen. Through we get to Kenya. Which is of Kenya. far. If we look yes. on the map, it's it was that's a long journey yeah. took for us, little boys to make alone. Yes, took us like twenty-one days just walking. Sometimes your legs even you cannot feel it. But God took us through that to Kenya. We stay in Kenya. Registered in refugee camp in Kakuma. It's border with Sudan. We stay there, and now when we're there, they have to give you a card, like a debit card, but everybody in the family, if it's six or five, they'll punch in, because they have a number from one to 11. If there's five people, they'll punch in five, because they know that the family is five. And now we'll go and get food on the 15th, the first, the 15th, and the end of the month. So that just, again, so we can understand, like a lot of people would think you, you survived the military onslaught, you survived the journey, you get across the border, you get to refugee camp. Yes. Like our minds would think, now you're safe, everything's going to be fine. Yes. But you only get food on the 15th 
and the end of the month. Yes. And it's not enough. The food is not enough. They'll measure for you one cup like this for the oil, and they'll have the one measuring cup for each person get one one. And that food is not for 15 days. You can have it for one day, and that's it. Mm -hmm. And you have to survive. Like, how do you survive? That's when we, when I look at all that, and we just trust God. We know that God will make a way. Because if he can take me through the bullet and take me through the wilderness, there's wild animals, we have lion, all kinds. And in Kenya, he'll make a way. Yeah. That's, that's when I was sitting one day, one person come to me and ask me, say, can you help? I say, yes, I can help. Just looking for like an extra yes, pair yeah. of hands, just come help me do something. Yes, yeah. But help means when somebody say help, it's actually you're going to help. It's not like you, you have to pay you, it's not. But here in Canada, when somebody say help, it's actually going to pay you for that help. That's when, when I look at that, I say, you know. <laughs> Some I, guy just wanted an extra set of hands yeah. for free. Yeah. I went there to start helping. And when I was helping him, he said, no, I'm going somewhere, but you can take care of this. And, you know, we have really, the time's kind of short too. I cannot take too long on that. I need to make it kind of short. And he showed me the stuff and I start doing it. And he come back, he look at it, say, good, good job. And they start building the office again. He, he called me to come and help. And I start helping, try to get the mud and cement and all that. So it was a laborer job. It was like building construction sort of stuff. Yes. Labor yeah. job. And you learned on the job. Yes. As a little kid. Yes. At I work. start watching that. I see how they do it. I didn't go to school for it. And they didn't really show me, say, this is how you do it. But I just see what they're doing. And I start like, okay, this is how they do this. That's how they do it. I, I was just recording that in my mind. Mm -hmm. And after that, God make a way. Somebody just asked me, can you come and build our house? And I did one house since that time. I took 10% of it. I said, God, I'm going to trust you in this. I'm going to give this to you. You give it to me, I'm going to give it back to you. I take 10%, I give it to the church. And that time, God opened heaven down mm -hmm. in my life and my family. Yeah. That's when, I don't know how to put it, but I just know that God is real. If anybody, you, you don't believe God, God is real. God is real. The 10% is a big deal because this is your your covenant with God. You had been kind of raised up believing and tithing and that kind of thing through the church there. Like you had a sense to give 10% to God. But where you were in the refugee camp, um, people were without food all the time. 
like yeah. Zach, you had Jared, like um, it was mainly just women and children that were there and people just waited to die because there yeah. just wasn't enough. So when you are blessed with a way to earn a little extra income and you're still just a child, honestly, and God gives you provision, and your first instinct is to give 10% to God. Yes. Like, that's the sort of stuff when we wrestle with it in the first world nations, like why, why do we need to worry about God and our finances? This was your lifeline, is you were like, God, you are my source, Yes. period. And then from there, it began to open up. You had other work and other things. Yes. Tell us about that. After that, God opened a way and gave me work, more work. And I have like, here people call it contract. And that's when God opened the way for me to more work. When I'm finishing this, there's like two houses already in front of me. They want me to, to do it. And I'm the youngest one in my, in my family. And my brother, I have to... I have to show them how to do. We don't have anything like a, a tape measure. Yeah, to you measure. have the tools. No, I don't have the tool. I don't know what kind of carpenter I am, but there's no tool. <laughs> there's no, I have to use a rope. And when I look at it, even those people to trust me to come and build their house, carpenter, no tools, no even rope. Yeah, I have a rope that I have to put rope there and put rope here. And when I'm building it, I'm putting it, like fix it in with the rope. Like yeah. the rope will straighten it up. Like a, what, you're, you're using a rope instead of a level or a tape yes. measure or anything like yeah. that. And Amazing. That's, that's when, from all that, God gave me that wisdom exactly. for me. I can able to do that to provide for my family and even to sow into a single mom too. Because like there's a lot of single mom there. They have kids, like four kids or three kids. The kids are crying, they don't have anything to eat. But when God opened for me that way, I went to the store. I buy 50 kg of corn flour and 25 kg of beans and like 10 liter of oil. I bring it, it's for me and my family, but I go to the single mom, I say, you know what, if you need anything to cook for your kids, just come and take it from here, and you use it. And that time, God just opened the heaven. Amen. <clears throat> like this is literally, you are, um, you are the lender. You are the one who's the blesser. You're the one who's not only has God provided for you, but you get to provide for families yes. around you in the camps. Like single moms, you're taking care of babies that you don't know, like blessing them with food because God is providing for you and giving you more than enough. Yes. Phenomenal. Yeah. Tell us about the houses with the windows. The house, is with, the house with the window. You know, when we start building, they ask, if he can do window. And I say, yes, I can do window. <laughs> and I don't have any idea about how to build window. I don't know anything. Like, it's, I just take the risk. I say, no, yes, I can do the window. 
And I don't have no wood, nothing that I can build a window with it. And I went to look around, find some wood, like anything that people throw away. I'll pick them up. And we have those who irons that they use for the oil, they bring with the oil. We have to cut those. And even to get a nail is not easy to get it. Here you can run to hardware store or you run to Home Depot, you can just pay for them and get it. But there is real hard. And I managed to, it's not real me, it's God always make the way. Mm -hmm. And I find some nails, I have to pick some of them from the ground too and I have to build a window. Now, when I go to the house, I have to put the window there holding, my brother will be holding it, and I'll be building, we'll be building the, the, the wall around it to hold the window up. After we finish, we can try to open the window. The window is kind of real rough to open it. <laughs> and I was like, we have to take, to cut it a little bit, like make it to, where they can able to open it and close. And we get it working. They look at it, they say, wow, this is good. And now everybody that need ask me to build their house, they want a window. <laughs> and the window come with extra too, because I have to chase extra money for the window. Because the labor and yeah. More and technical. Yes, it's not easy. <laughs> and that's when I look at it. And it starts from 1,000 ceiling. Mm -hmm. With window and everything, become 1,500 ceiling. Wow. I get 500 more on top of it. Yes. And when I look at that, it's not because I do the window. It's because I take that 10%, I say, God, I'm going to trust you with this. And you open the door. Yes. That's, since that time, I started building house. And I become a carpenter. But I don't have what they call red seal. I don't have it. But I can try it. I start building house. And one day, the pastor that were with them in church, he was going by. The house was not really start. When he come back, he find out the house is built halfway. And we come back, we're all with mud in our face and all that. Say, where have you guys been? We say, oh, we went to build the house. Where? Just by the road there. He say, are you guys the one building this house? I say, yes. He say, wow, you guys did a good job. And I say, thank you. And since that time, God just opened yeah. heaven and just pour blessing into my life and my family. Yeah. And he cared for you. Like, we're going to get into just a, in a minute here how you transitioned out of there, which is incredible. But I love about the story when you get asked, can you do windows? Yeah, I can do windows. <laughs> like, sometimes we want to have everything lined up. Like, here's my skill set. Here's where I feel strong. Here's what I feel capable of controlling. And the survival that you were in was just like, I'm just going to say yes to whatever God opens. When he opens the door, I'm going through it. Yes. 
And I love that because he gave you favor and we can see that. And it, it reminds me of the story of Joseph when we read that even when he was in prison, the hand of the Lord was on him and he found favor in the eyes of God and he rose up in the midst of the prison. So in the midst of, you were in three different refugee camps, right? Yes, yeah. And in all of them, God favored you and caused you to have a, an income, to be able to feed your family. Like he expanded you in the midst of the darkness. Yes. And I think sometimes we, we would like to know what's coming, like what's ahead of us. And if it's going to be hard, we'd like to have all the, all the safety things in place. Yes. But essentially you, you have lived out like God, God will take you through provide. no matter what yes. God will provide. So um, our Canadian connection then, there was a lady who came to the camp uh, and she was like doing a research thing on the state of things in the refugee camps from Osoyoos, BC. She's probably going to see this interview. So we just want to say thank you for your love and your care to actually ask questions and start the ball rolling. But tell us about that. You know, we're in refugee camp. This lady come. She lives in Osoyoos. The dad is from England. The dad sent this girl to school there. He finished school. Now... She wanted to do a research. She actually applied to UNHCRA, and UNHCRA agreed for her to come and do research. Now, she's going around the community, like just asking, like, how do people survive when you don't have parents and when you don't have husband or you don't have wife? How do people survive? She wants to write a book about that. That's when she will. She was going around looking for volunteer and all that. Myself, I don't know how to write English or to read or to say English. I don't know all that. And, but I can speak Arabic and Swahili. That's what the only things I can manage. And now my brother, he know how to speak English and he can write. That's when my brother agree is going to volunteer to help. And my brother have to go with this girl, with other people to ask, like, how do you survive and all that? Now they will ask. Now my brother will translate. She will write it down. And actually she wrote a book about that. And she, time comes for now she's leaving to come back to Canada. And she told us, say, you know what? I cannot sponsor us, sponsor you guys, or bring you guys to Canada. But what I'll do, I'll talk to my dad, and they can help you guys with a little bit of food, money for food and money for sugar, or some stuff like for clothes, something like that. And she left. And for me, when I didn't know what she was talking about, but my brother have to translate to us. And she left, come to Canada. She write an email. That time, I don't know what even email is. I don't know what those kind of stuff. And now my brother have to leave from where we are, like go to Valley View, to go there's a place that you can check your email. And he go there, check the email. She write a message, says she arrived well. 
She sent greeting to all of us, and she sent us $50 or $150. She sent it. We're so grateful with that. We have to, we get it, and we have, we can able to supply to help other people with it too. And now she talked to the dad, and he, she talked to, the dad talked to, because the dad is a lawyer, he talked to Osoyo Baptist Church. Yeah, his name is Pastor Phil Johnson. When he talked to, when he talked to Pastor Phil Johnson, and Pastor Phil Johnson said, you know what? We're going to sponsor them to come to Canada. But before he do that, he said, no, I'm going to talk with the church family. And when he talked to the church family, some people say, you know what? We're not going to do this. And some people actually leave the church because of that. And he say, even if people leave the church, he's going to sponsor us to come to Canada. That's when the process starts. Yeah, so this is huge. So the girl that was there, Elizabeth, she, she met you, she left, and you know, said she would help some. But it's hard to know what, like, what that even looks like. And I think sometimes we, we can promise big things when we go on trips and then never follow through. But better than just sending help was this invitation for your family to come here. Yes. But um, like, to me, it's very sobering to think that there's a church. And again, we just commend that church and those pastors who are your spiritual mom and dad. Now, they sound like amazing people. We'd love to meet them. But um, they felt like God said, this is the thing to do, that you need to bring this family and you know, sponsor them, which is a big deal. It's setting you up in all sorts of areas of life. But some of the church were just offended by the idea and left the church, which is unfathomable. But that's, that's how things roll. And yet it's not about the opinion of man, it's about the opinion of God. And God had instructions and God had a plan and God made a way for you to come. And so um, it's been several years now since you've arrived here. You arrived in a Soyuz yeah. without speaking English, without any understanding, landed in you know, a completely different world, yeah. brand new start. Did you feel God's hand in it? I still feel God's hand in it. And I feel, sometimes I feel down. Mm. I feel down because I feel like I cannot do more. Mm. I don't speak English. And I get actually hired in a store that is really a big store in Osoyo. Everybody knows the store. When Anybody go from here to Soy, they always have to go there to pick something up. And I get hired there, and I know it's all the favor from God. And I don't speak English, and my boss don't look at it and say, oh, he doesn't, you know, like, this guy don't speak English. I'm going to pay him. What's the use for me to bring him? 
but he doesn't. He, she didn't look at it that way. He said, you know what? I'm going to show in his life. And he bring, him, bring me in. And I'll have red shirt on and have, I put my full name, Zachariah. And when I put that name, everybody will ask, how do you pronounce your name? I say, Zachariah. And after that, they start calling me Zach. They cut some of my name out. I was worried about that. <laughs> like, they cut off of my name out. Where's the rest? Like, is somebody using it? Or, like, I start thinking of that. I was really concerned about it too. Yeah. And I didn't know that that's the way here in Canada, everything they want to make it short. Yeah. Because nobody wants to waste time to say, oh, what's your name or something like that. They want to make it short, just get it done and go. Yeah. And I was there. Somebody come and ask. I have to go to call somebody else to ask the person. Now the person, when is going to show the staff, I'll follow this person. I'll see, okay, this is what they're asking for. Okay, I'll go back. Again, the same thing. And after that, I get to know. And I feel like, you know what, I just want to leave this place. I'm not fit here. I'm not qualified here. I just want to leave this place. But my boss called me one day in the office. Hey, you know what? I can see in your eye. And I see what you're feeling. But you know what? I want you to stay here. And... When I stay there, you know, one thing with God, we have a lot of excuses that we can make. Say, I'm not qualified or I'm not, I don't speak English, I cannot do this, I cannot do this. And, but God always make a way. And I get to learn how to speak English. And now I can able to talk with somebody like, when somebody tried to talk to me, I feel like they're insulting me. They're insulting me because I don't know what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but when I get to know it, now I know, oh, they actually mean this. Yeah. And since that time, I see there's a lot of open door yeah. in my life. But one thing I realize, when you come from different country to another country. I've been in Canada for 17 years, 17 years now. And I just, my faith start dropping down. It's not like before that I trust God. I say, God, you're going to do this. Mm-hmm. Because everything around you find kind of like easy. Mm-hmm. And you can go to any office to get a job and they do for you interview, they take you in. But back home, you have to have dedication, everything for you to get that. Yeah. And that's it. The comfort level started to change things for you. Yes. Faith-wise. So God brought you here. He brings you a fresh start. He tells you to wait. You wanted to didn't feel like you belong, but he made a space for you. So let's just pause it there. And then we're going to jump in with Danessa's story because you're 
building a new life, walking it through. Danessa, your story is quite different. You kind of, Jamaica's very, um, well, I've been there. There's churches all <laughs> over the place. It's very God aware. Oh, yeah. But your beginning was what? Um, you know, as I heard my husband talking just now, like he was that then sewing into single mothers. And um, my husband, no, like he didn't know what he was doing, but he was sewing to reap a single mom. <laughs> 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 so prior to my salvation, the life that I lived in my early 20s, it was really of um, abuse, just like minimum survival, really. Yeah. Um, um, and um, abandonment. So uh, in my early 20s, I, I was in this abusive relationship. You know, I was very unappreciated, very unloved, um, do all the duties as, um, for the businesses, and um, just, just like uh, just five years in, being so faithful, so committed, uh, he... He, he hit me, he abused me. And so the very first time that happened, I, um, I walked out of that relationship because I've said to myself um, earlier in, in my life that because I've seen my dad hitting my mom, I said, no man will ever do that to me. So when he did that, I just walked away from everything with my, my daughter. And um, so I, um, you know, I could understand even from my dad, um, why he was, because why he was so rebellion, because he wasn't raised by his mom nor his dad. And I believe, like, uh, uh, when you are being rejected, you will eventually be rebellious if you don't seek help or understand how, yeah, what's true. happening in your life. And um, I walked out. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go. I was by my friend, um, just staying there until I was able to gather certain things for myself. And then I moved in to... Um, uh, uh, an apartment um, with another roommate. Um, but um, within that time, I was like, I'm so void. You know, the Proverbs 20, verse 24 says, a man's steps are of the Lord. How then can, can a man understand his own way? Yeah. And so I am still in my own way. And like, um, I think a year in, um, this other person came in with like so much business ideas and I've been floored by all of them. And I'm like, oh, this is my soulmate. This is the one that is going to really, we're going to do life together with. And so it hit so hard that um, one year in, I was like being abandoned with my pregnancy and no one to care for me. And I remember at seven months in my pregnancy. So I, this is, you've already got a little girl. And this is a second pregnancy. Second relationship, second pregnancy. Right. And um, at seven months, at seven months old, when my baby was seven months old, I cried unto the Lord. I'm like, God, I can't do this. Um, that, this is not my intent. And um, I just cried unto the Lord. And my daughter, she was like two years old. And she brought me an open book. And it says, be still, your trail is beautiful. When I read those words, I know nowhere, where could my daughter find this? And so when she brought it to me, um, I, I accepted my pregnancy at seven months old and um, my tears were dried up. I was alive and I'm like, God, I'm just ready. So my son was born the November, the 2011. And um, three months after 
I remember phoning my church in January, and I asked, like, which, which day are you having baptism? Because they were having a crusade, and they gave me the day. So I walked in that night with my bag, all packed, and I, I just surrendered my life. I was in the bench with the baptismes, and my pastor saw me, and he gave me a thumbs up. And so I, in January of 2012, I intentionally, like, walked away from that life and pursued my life with uh, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, and I love that. I love that you differentiate the two because you had said earlier, you'd like, um, I think you had been baptized. Were you baptized earlier? You made a commitment to God earlier so that you could go to heaven. Yeah. Like it was a salvation. This was your fire insurance commitment. Yeah. But this time around, you're like, no. And you literally said, I am giving my life to Christ. Yes. So that is a, that's really what the Lord asks of us is like, it's not a, we just going to add him on to the, you know, the life that we're living. It is a life exchange. And you consciously went there in brokenness, like coming out of everything had not gone the way you had wanted multiple times. You had thing, things had not gone the way you'd wanted. And yet you gave your life completely trusted Jesus. Okay. Um, did you have hope at that point? Did it feel hopeful? It was, it was very, um, what should I say? You know, because I've given my life intentionally to the Lord. I just started living by faith. It was yeah. so hopeful. Like when, when um, I remember as a single mom, I got up one morning because I just shall live by faith. <laughs> and I said to the Lord, I said to the Lord, um, because there is a institution, Ministry of Labor, that offer employment. And one morning I got up and I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, if there's one position left at Ministry of Labor, it belongs to me. And so I got myself ready and um, I called a friend over to stay with my children and I went to that um, establishment. And to really be seen by a secretary, you have to have an appointment. And so I've gone to all four departments of that establishment wanting just to see the secretary. And they were like, ma'am, you know, you have to, you have to um, make an appointment. So eventually somebody called me in and said, she can see you now. And I was so excited. And I went in and I said to her, you know, um, thanks for seeing me. I'm a single mom. I really need a job because um, it's so hard. And she opened her book and she went to the back of her book. And then she wrote my number. And I said, you're not going to call me. Like, you wrote my number at the back. You're not going to call me. And she laughed. And the following day, she phoned me up and said, Danessa, a job opportunity came in. Can you send me your resume? I run off to my church, and I got the resume into her. And when I returned to Ministry of Labor, they actually gave me, like, two positions. Like, one in the office, one to go onto the work program. And I was like, you know what? I'd rather to go on this work program because... It's more money. You know, Jamaica, yes, our currency, it, it's not much value, really. So to come in and get like $15 per hour on this work program, I'm like, it can send me back to school. It can help my family. It can, you know, it can help me as a single mom. So I was excited to take that opportunity. And so um, the day came when I pursued, like, I'll go for the work program overseas. All my paperwork was done for Nova Scotia. And um, <laughs> so yeah, you're you're at a you're at a job place placement thing in Jamaica, and they're doing paperwork to send you single mom of two 
to Nova Scotia, Canada. To Nova Scotia, Canada. Everything was done. <laughs> and Pastor Charlotte, I, I, I constantly, <laughs> w- I was like dreaming about red cherries in the top of, a, of tall trees, not like strawberries on small trees. Which is what the job is in Nova Scotia. It, it, Strawberry but it picking. is, right? Yeah. So, so I had so many mishaps leading into like going off for, um, for the work program. I remember when they called me for the interview at Minister of Labor, this guy's name is Mr. Stone. And Stone, like he's hard. So he saw me, <laughs> he saw me and he said to me, um, ma'am, I don't see you working on the work program. I'm like, sir, I can do this thing. I, I wear chicken, I do my farming, and I really do, because I'm a very hardworking lady. Like, I just love to, to work. And so he said, um, I stood there for 10 minutes in silence before this man, not moving. And I, and I just don't know why I was there in silence. And so he saw me, and he just, he said, I'm giving you this. I'm signing this with a doubt. And I said in my spirit, I said, you doubt me? But my God doesn't doubt me. And so there were just <laughs> one mishaps to another mishaps. Like, you know, the, the journey of faith is not going to be easy. And that's what the Lord allowed me to see. But when you trust God, you have nothing to lose. You know, we are his glory. And, and tribu- you know, we sing this song about show me your glory, show me your glory. It's actually show me your tribulations. Um, I believe Ephesians 1, <laughs> let me just find it here. Ephesians says here, okay, it's going to be quick. Ephesians 3 verse 13 says, Therefore I ask that you do not lose heart at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. Like when we go through things in life, it's actually to give glory to God because at the end of the day, he's the one who caused us even to be here because I did not faint, you know? So yes. I, so that, to, just to go to the airport with the other 10, nine ladies, myself making 10, it was so much mishaps. I remember they called me, for a two days medical. I got up that morning and I didn't have the money. I had like um, one Canadian dollar. That was like um, one Canadian dollar. Yeah, for four $20 coins. And I said, God, I actually need another dollar, like Canadian dollar to really go the full journey. So I walked half the journey. You see, I was actually doing, God was setting us up. So I walked half the journey and then said, okay, this part of the money can now take me to the full destination. So that's what I did. So I ended up going there. It was a two days uh, medical. And within that time, um, it was time to just go for your x-ray. But I was so hungry. Like all the other ladies were like, I'm going to eat this. I'm going to eat that. I got there. I was not feeling well. I had no money. And I was just just really, um, it was just so broken, really. And, and at the, the, the point where I said to the Lord, I said, God, I don't have any money, but I'll swallow my spit. And the moment I said that, my, the friend who pursued my paperwork through Ministry of Labor, he phoned and he said, Danessa, I'm trying to call this person. I can't remember his name nor his number, but how are you doing? I'm like, I'm hungry. And he said, well, 
I just bought my lunch. I can bring it to you. And he started to say, I don't put vegetable in it because I don't eat vegetable. But he brought that lunch to me at the right time. I ate, I was full, I was ready for my x-ray. And then it was time to go home. I have no money to go back home. And I walked out to the bus stop and I'm like, God, I'm not a beggar. I'm not going to beg any right to go back home. And so I went in, I saw my liaison officer. He, um, I waited until everybody was finished talking with him. I walked up to him and he was like, um, what's, what's, what's wrong? And I said, out of curiosity, sir, are you going through halfway three? Because that's where I was heading. And he said, um, you don't have any money? I said, sort of. And he... <laughs> <laughs> and he said, he said, okay, he gave me the exact fare to go home and to come back the following day with lunch. Oh my God, you're so good. And so um, I came back the following day and he was all over my paperwork. There was just so much favor from my liaison officer. He was like, Dennis, I got to make sure that everything is okay with you. And so now is the time for me to go now with the other nine ladies to the airport. To Nova Scotia. To Nova Scotia. Paperwork was all done for me to go to Nova Scotia. And from the 10 ladies, including myself, they came to me, pack my, search my luggage. You know, before you go to the airport, you have to search your luggage before you go into the airplane. And then they came to me and they said, you're not leaving today. I'm like, there are nine other ladies. Why me? And so, like, why me? Like, I've not... I don't even want to tell you about the many mishaps I've gone through, and now I'm at the final stage to go into that air. You know, you're so excited to go away, you know? And so, like, I'm like, I can't do this. So I, I went off into um, um, just a little section all by myself in the airport, and I said to the Lord, I'm like, I've had enough. I've had enough. And then my liaison officer came over to me, and he said to me, Danessa, you're leaving tomorrow for Osoyoos, BC with the first set of ladies who will be um, going in for the first time to Osoyoos, BC, and that's where you go in. So I ended up like um, not going to Nova Scotia as they had planned and head all the way to Osoyoos. It was so much favor. It was so much favor. And you get there and you've been dreaming about cherries in trees or red things in trees and your job placement in a soyuz was cherry picking yes yes so not yeah. <laughs> not cool yeah. Yeah. so we'll jump ahead your experience when you first landed you you said like three of the best months of your life when you oh, yeah. land there yeah. it, it was really good zach's first beginning was really hard <laughs> so a little bit of a different starting point but um god had promised that you're, you were going to meet your wife there. You weren't necessarily looking for a husband. So, Zach, and you, like you guys meet each other. He approaches you and you say, no, thank you. More or less. <laughs> that is so right, Pastor Charlie. I mean, I'm summarizing just for the sake of time, but essentially. <laughs> that is so right, Pastor Charlie, because, um, you know, you said last week, um, when God brings you through the stuff, through the stuff with an S, it is a, it's, it's a preparation for something greater on the other side. Yeah. So um, I wasn't looking for a husband. I, I had cut all my hair off. Like, 
no beauty. Like, you know, <laughs> it says, like, here's your beauty. But I cut my hair. It was all natural. I'm like, I'm going to the bush. Who's going to even see me in the bush? So I cut my hair off. I was like, um... <laughs> I was like a bush girl, to be honest with you. And so... So it's like my kind of lady. <laughs> so, because I've already told the Lord, I said, I'll be single for the rest of my life. I don't want a man in my life. I was just so settled there. I was like, you're my husband forever, you know? I yeah. was like, we are together. And so... <laughs> So I, I came to Canada, Osoyoos, Canada, and, um, you know, Zach would, cause, because we're black, he, he came around, but we had like a, a male dorm and a female dorm. So he came to one of the, um, the guys and he was telling them that whatever you need, like if you need help to go places, just let me know, we'll take you there, I'll take you there. And so it so happened that... Um, the, that, that guy came to me like a couple weeks after or so and said that, um, Zach said I should tell you that he likes you. I said, please tell him that I don't like him. <laughs> I, <laughs> and so, but once, you know, while I was there, like, Zach would come around and he would see, like, I don't have, like, things, maybe, like, I don't have, I need, like, some things, you know? And so he was like, okay, I could... Uh, maybe get your phone or like he was just so nice like and then my heart was like wow he's really um kind he's really like thoughtful like all the things that I I I, I knew a woman wants like I was like okay that that's different you know that's so <laughs> unusual so I remember going back home and two ministers came to me because unless God speak I, I won't move and two ministers came to me um they don't know my business they don't know who I'm at who I who I am, really. But they came to me and they said to me that the Lord said, I should tell you that you found your husband. And all the Lord wanted to say is, yes, Lord. And not a minister came to me and said, um, you're going away and you're going to get married. And I just said, yes, Lord. So that, that's my little part of it. Like, it's just a God story. Yeah. It's really a God story. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I love it. I think it's amazing. And... So Zach is like, um, when she, she went back to Jamaica for the time period and whatever, and he was like, I'll give you a year yes. to think about it. Mm -hmm. Just patient. I'll just give you a year to think about it. But what they, and I mean, I, we have to compress the story a little bit, but what both of them have shared is how what drew them to each other is A, God's hand upon it, but also their heart of service. Both of you, you know, Zach said that Danessa, like, served him food, like served him. He served her. It was like, here's some things that you need. And he's working, you know, a couple jobs at the time and whatever. None of it was easy. It's actually like an incredible love story. It's an incredible God story. It's the kind of stuff that movies get made out of for sure. Mm -hmm. And yet none of it is easy. None of it is like the cushy, cushy life. Mm -hmm. And what I think is interesting, if we can just jump to then your life together. Do we have a picture of their the family. There we go. It's a little, little bit older picture of the, the kiddos. Yeah. But this is, this is your world together and um, how God brought you from these like such diverse places in the extreme situations. But both of you at this point, you kind of push against an excessive comfort and excessive like the, the packaging, the trappings of the first world 
stuff because of your walk with God. Like the passion you want to keep, you are purposeful about together doing what it takes in loving each other, in building this family, in going where he takes you. And I mean, even bringing you to Northern Alberta, like that, that's a whole nother piece of the, the thing. Um, but you have purpose to do whatever God tells you to do so that you can live in his fullness for your life. Um, so one of the things that I think is, is interesting that you say, because you've, you've been following these journeys, Zach, you waited for your wife to get there. Danessa, you listened to when the Lord said you found your husband. Okay, let's do this. You blended cultures, you blended lives, you blended the dream into the thing that God has for you. But you say things like, um, if you don't know how to be led by the word, you will be led astray. Like that's a slogan from your guys' life. What does that mean to you? The word of God says that his word is light and um, we need his light to guide us. Mm -hmm. And so we should keep his word so close to our heart that we will not um, depart from it. Um, I just want to just go back to um, early September when, when we had this three days of prayer and fasting, the church, when we had this three day of prayer and fasting, you know, for us as children of God, it's the cross before us and the world behind us. Mm -hmm. And so when we are looking towards um, Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter and the mature of our faith, he is the word of God. So we got to be constantly looking at him. And I remember like I was here um, right I think right after the three day of fasting, but I cried out to the Lord and I said to the Lord, it's not easy, Lord. It's, it's really not easy um, to follow you. It's really hard. And because, you know, many times we want our way and not God's way. Yep. And so I remember one morning I got up and I, 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 I went to my prior closet and I, um, I got up with this word from Psalms 34 that says, I sought the Lord, he heard me, and he delivered me. It's a song, but it's actually a verse from Psalms 34. And so when I got up that morning, I opened my Bible app, because sometimes I really want to know, like, what do I pursue when I go to my um, prior closet? I know God has asked me to read this particular um, book, but sometimes I just want to go more. So I, I tuned into the, the, the Bible app, and I... And it, it was the same verse. I sought the Lord, he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. And I finished praying, I went back to my bed because I just wanted to be faithful to the Lord with a particular time. So I didn't even want the time to come because I said, okay, if it comes, if I, if I lay in my bed and it comes and I might fall asleep. So I just rushed off to my prayer closet and I said, okay, Lord, I'm just gonna seek you in your word and in prayer. So. It came to this particular verse that says, uh, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. And I, and I, I, I was just ruminating, meditating on that verse when I left my prayer closet and I went to just sleep. Not sleep, I was just meditating on my bed beside my husband there. And I'm like, God, how can your ears hear my cry. Like I was just blown out of his words. Yeah. And, and so I wasn't sleeping. And that moment I was, I was caught up into the, the clouds. 
like my spirit left my body and I was up into the clouds with the Lord. I was just meditating. This is what the word can do. You can experience God's nature, his character, not his fullness because he's too vast. But when I said to the Lord, how can your ears hear my cry? And I was just blown away just by that. And instantly I, I, I was caught up into the clouds. That was on, in September, right after we had that three days of prayer and fasting, because yeah. I was like, that's the song that we did into that back room, the, three, the, the, the nights we met, we were praying. Marvelous and wonderful things happen when you stay in God's word. Yeah. It is wonderful. So while I was up into the clouds, Pastor Charlotte, um, I saw like clouds forming into castles, like castles. And while I was there, it's like um, the Lord said to me, he said, um, I know you have a bad, my, the, our father's voice is so sweet. It's so assertive. And he said to me, he said, I know you've had bad relationships, but the one that you have, I've given them to you. My relationship with my husband, my relationship with my church. I even, the, the Lord had even opened my eyes of understanding to understand that even my sponsored mom and dad he gave me that relationship. There are hours at 2 a.m. when I have to phone them and say, this marriage is not working. God knew that I would need like a spiritual mom and dad who could pick up our call at any time. He also knows that we also need um, for them to come from Osoyas to Grand Perry to come and see us because there are days I'm like, I can't do this. And so they will come and say, Dennis, you gotta stay, you have to forgive, you have to live in this time of forgiveness. And when the Lord gave me that um, vision, um, he said many things, yeah. but um, he, he, said, he said, when he said that, it settles my heart so much. I'm like, God, I don't, I, I, you have not, like the, the past relationship that I've gone through is nothing because you have now take all my sin, all my shame, all my guilt, all my pain, and you have redeemed them all for the glory of God. And so I wanna leave with you. Thank you so much. I'm getting very comfortable though, Pastor Charlotte. <laughs> She's about to start preaching. So Pastor Charlotte, <laughs> so I want to just leave with you a word as a body. You know, um, right after that vision, I, the Lord gave me this dream and he, it, it was like a very bright room, light show, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe this is where I was supposed to declare it from. Praise you, Lord. And it was a very bright, I won't say lit, because you said one day. <laughs> it wasn't lit. It wasn't lit, no, it's bright. <laughs> it, it's not these lights. It's a very bright room. And in the room, in the room, um, they were sleeping. They were sleeping and I came into the room. I'm like, we can't sleep, guys. We can't sleep. Children of God, we can't sleep. And right behind that um, bright room was the same castles I'm telling you about. They were, it was not just one castle. It was many, many, many. So I believe the Lord is saying that many of us are sleeping. And he had, his glory is to be shone, is to be shined, you yeah. know? And so the Lord is asking us to wake up. There is a verse from um, Ephesians that I want to read that Paul writes. You know, Paul was in prison and he wrote, he wrote us from prison telling us to do these things. It is from Ephesians 5 verse 14. He said, therefore, he says, awake, 
You who sleep, arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. The light that Christ will give you is his word. It is his word that is light. And so when, he, when Paul says we should awake, he's really saying that we are sleeping. The time that we're living in, it is, it is, it is too, um, nothing is promised in yes. these days yes. except God's word. Nothing is really real except God's word. I believe this year we're going to have laws, things are going to come in, but if it doesn't match the word of God, don't do it. Don't go there. And thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, um, Pastor, do we, are we done now? No, you go, you go for it. <laughs> Bring it. So, you know, Paul, Paul was like, um, the bride is coming, the bridegroom is coming for his bride, which is the church. Paul says this, Paul's give us like a mystery. You know, where Shannon, like, Shannon is so awesome in our, um, our Bible pastor program. But I, I wanted to just talk about this mystery. Because um, one day we had like a conversation in the class and um, um, Shannon was like, you know what? Some of the mysteries are being revealed and the Lord allowed me to even understand this yeah. when I took some time in prayer and fasting with the word. Yeah. Like you have to fast and pray with the word. You know what? We were like, okay, I'm going to fast like social media, which is good, but please fast with the word. Even though you're, you're fasting away from the social media, yeah. if you're not into the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, you won't understand him. Yeah. So, this is a mystery that Paul revealed here. He says, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. And he continues to say, he said, this is the mystery. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husband in everything. You know, Paul is just like, I can't tell you everything, but do this thing. Do this thing that I'm asking to do. And it also say that wives, husbands, loves your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. You know, in, my, in our house, we're trying to play um, this chess game for the past year and a half because I want to be a better thinker, you know, like, yeah. So I, the queen is beside this king, beside the king on the first rank. My family, <laughs> they help with Aaron and <laughs> they're good with it. So, so you know what? The, the queen is beside the king, right? Yep. And this queen can move diagonally from the back to the, like anywhere, diagonally, anywhere, and straight, anywhere, straight. And the king can only move one step diagonal, one step like that. And this is what the, the, the person says for the chest, that the king is like, he's the, grand, the, the, grand, the, um, the slow one, which he is, right? But he, he's not like of much power, like the queen. The Bible didn't say this. What the Bible says in Proverbs 16, verse 32 is this. He says, patience is better than a mighty warrior. He says, self-control is better than the one who owns a city. That's it. That's it. 
It's the nature of God, the character of God. And I think that that's the, the astounding thing about your guys' story is it's learning to prefer one another. It's learning to submit to God. It's learning to believe what he says above what the circumstances said. I, I love how even in coming up here, like Zechariah, you're, you're, um, you know, you had your heart to get your truck driving license and to do that sort of stuff. Somebody straight up tells you it's never going to happen for you. You're never going to get it. Yeah. And you were like, nope, God's put this in my heart. I'm going after it. Yeah, I said, I'm going to prove him wrong because I know I have a big God and God always provides for me. If he can bring me from Sudan here to Canada to do driving, that's not, that will not stop me. Yeah. And actually prove him. He told me, he's the one even teaching me driving. He said, you'll never be a truck driver. But you know what? God flipped it the other way around. Yeah. Right now, I can drive truck. Yeah. Yeah. It's God. Both of you, and, and as you live the testimony of like, what does God say? That's what we're going to stand on. And just to finish, I want to just, um, a couple quotes again. You spoke and you said, um, in fact, Zach, I think you said this, comfort doesn't bring you the places God wants you to go. Yes. Comfort doesn't bring you to the places God wants you to go. And so Romans 5, 3 to 5, and I think that this is important. It sort of seems like the nature of your guys' relationship with God and with one another. Um, not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, yeah. knowing that tribulation produces perseverance uh -huh. and perseverance character and character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And so it's about not pursuing the easy life. It's pursuing the God life yes. and trusting him for the miraculous. So just as we finished, would you guys pray over the congregation and over those that are watching? We want to just um, speak a blessing. This, this measure of being awake and walking in the trust and the, the belief that God can do exceedingly abundantly above what we can ask, think, or imagine, you are living it. So let's just release that in prayer over the body today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you, Lord God. God of our Father. Jesus, we thank you for just this time, Lord God, that you have given to us, Lord Jesus, to, to establish your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. God, we thank you for um, what you're doing in our lives as couples and as individuals in this body, mighty God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, even in this time, Lord Jesus, you're calling us, Lord Jesus, to another level in you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are awaken us, Lord Jesus. Awaken us, Lord Jesus, from our sleep, Lord Jesus. You're calling us to action, Lord Jesus, action in, in your word, Lord God. So Father, we just thank you as you, you call us to be more in you, Lord God. May, may us, May you grant us, Lord Jesus, strength, strength to, to strengthen us, Lord Jesus, with your might, mighty God, in this time, Lord God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you, Lord God, who is our everything, is, 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 is able, exceedingly and abundantly, to give us all that we ask or even imagine, Lord Jesus, in this time. Holy Spirit, we just ask that your power, Lord Jesus, rule and reign in and through our lives, even for this coming week and for the coming um, months and, and year that we're in, God, may you rule and reign. May we give you, Lord Jesus, lordship 
of our lives, Lord Jesus. May we give you our yes, Lord God. May we commit our life this day to you and say, God, I'm ready to start afresh. You are a good God. And Father, we just thank you, Lord Jesus, for that call of action to, to your heart of your people today who receive this word from you, Lord God. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that it will not just be for today, Lord Jesus, as they give you their resounding yes, but it will be for, for months and forever, Lord God. So Father, we just thank you, Lord God, for your people who says, yes, Lord, I am choosing to commit my life today afresh. I'm choosing not just to be a Christian on Sunday, but to be a Christian all the days of my life, Lord God. I am choosing to be a lover of your word. I'm choosing to be your disciple. I'm choosing to be your, your servant, Lord God. God, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are enough. And God, when you, when you return for your bride, Lord Jesus, you want to find your, your bride full of character, full of patience, full of perseverance, knowing that when we go through this great tribulation, Lord, it was all for your glory. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, for your might and your power in this time to live this life of faith for you. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord God. Thank Amen. you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thanks again for tuning in to The Light Show. If you have any questions, would like to access our online resources, or want to support this ministry, you can visit us at www.victorygp.com. You can also text to give. Just text 587-207-4387 and follow the promptings. If you're on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok, we'd love if you'd come and join us there. We hope you'll join us again for the next episode of The Light Show. Remember, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony.